5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome in, everybody. What a weekend. It is the uh, Patrick Johnson Show on this uh, Monday. Pirate baseball with the big sweep. Cliff Godwin coming up in a little bit. And uh, we'll have uh, some comments from Joe Dooley uh, as well. Our pirate report will be coming your way in uh, a little bit. Uh, Daytona happening right now. They're one stage through the race, and uh, that is who who won that? Who did we say won? Tell me in my ear who won that. Chase Elliott. Okay. Intern Xavier was all over it, but he didn't tell me who won. So, uh, that Ben Byram uh, producing. Ben will be here in a second because I want to ask Ben something. I. Our schedule is going to be a little altered this week because of ECU baseball uh, with games Wednesday and Friday. Uh, I could go ahead and tell you, as we mentioned, Coach Godwin will be with us uh, here in a little bit. We have some great giveaways uh, today. We have uh, some thoughts on Harold Varner III and uh, his somewhat disastrous round from uh, yesterday. It really was 10 and 11. I think more so 11 that Denny did him in. And... Uh, that putt at 18, uh, I hope that does not cost him uh, his card, but we'll see. Uh, Daytona happening now. We'll have some sound uh, from that. And uh, we'll have uh, some some things, too, from the NBA All-Star Weekend. I, I didn't watch one second. of It was almost like the, the XFL games. I totally forgot about him this weekend. Uh, Ron Rivera was back in Charlotte. If time allows, details on that coming up. And uh, plus uh, a lot uh, a lot more. Uh, Harold Varner III, let's start there, HV3. Last year, uh, Harold would make the cut, have a terrible uh, go of it on Saturday, and then come up Sunday and kind of backdoor his way into a good finish. And he earned a good deal of money last year. I mean, Harold's had a good career earning-wise uh, in the grand scheme of things, but he had a good he had a good deal of, uh, of earnings last year, finished pretty high in FedEx Cup points. I mean, you look at where he is now, uh, 81st on the money list, which is pretty good. Uh, 125 in FedEx Cups, which FedEx Cup points are in rankings. Maybe it's 81 in FedEx Cup points. Anyway, point is he's ranked, I think, 126th in the world, which means there's only 125 people playing professional golf who are better than Harold Varner III. So when we watch Harold kind of, you know, uh, do everything that we've all done as weekend warriors, you know, top divoted uh, the the – the approach there, and that led to a bogey on 10. You know, he bounced back, I think, put a little too much pressure on himself on 11 on that par 5 and was trying to do something spectacular after the bad first hit. And, you know, he it's a, the simple play, he got himself into more trouble. And that's sort of one of the rules of golf, don't get yourself. But, I mean, he's in the top 20 in strokes 
against the field that are gained. So he's trending in the right direction. Uh, 18, that putt, I just hope doesn't cost him. But, you know, and it is true, the more and more Harold perhaps puts himself in these spots, eventually he's going to break through. But this is really a second time he's been in major contention on a Sunday and uh, just did not play well. The other was in a major. This was against a field that you would find in a major. This was a really, really stacked uh, field. So uh, just some thoughts there on HV3. Uh, we'll have more on uh, Harold's finish uh, coming up with Ben Byron in a little bit. Uh, ben, uh, we won't get to talk about this, unfortunately, uh, Friday because there'll, there'll be baseball unless we have a snowstorm. Uh, but uh, this is the big boxing weekend. You're a fan of what they call combat sports, yep. which is the- boxing and uh, MMA and pro wrestling, right? Muay Thai. Muay Thai? Any- anything that involves hand-to-hand combat. Is that right? Yep. Exactly. It's kind of scary. Okay. Well, you got um, the big boxing match this weekend. Is, what is it? Fury versus Wilder 2 on Saturday. It's on pay-per-view. Yes. What is up for grabs here? Uh, the WBC championship. Okay. Heavyweight championship. Are you later in the week, maybe on Thursday, going to give us your your pick to click, who you think will oh, win? Oh, for sure. I already have one in mind right now. so I'm definitely ready for Thursday. Okay. Get ready for Thursday, and we'll have you provide some analysis. I'm more than ready. I'm excited. I can tell. Don't get emotional. Don't get emotional. Uh, The uh, Canes also announcing over the weekend a stadium series. I would uh, definitely put that as the best of the weekend uh, in our weekend's winter, weekend's worst. Uh, The other thing I would say about that is uh, it's going to be about a month, about a year from now, a year to the day from now. I think it's something like the 20th or 21st or something. But anyway, point is it's – Pretty much a year from now, they'll be playing a, a hockey game in Carter Finley Stadium, which means everybody will be a, a Hurricanes fan again because it'll be fashionable to be part of, of the uh, the game in that market. But what's really interesting to me is you could have a seventy five degree day, almost like we're going to have tomorrow. And how will that hold up? But apparently, it will. As long as it doesn't rain, I think everything will be fine. But the way the winter has been this year, you can't guarantee there's not going to be any. Hell, the way it's been here for the last uh, couple of years, you can't guarantee. We're just in a, a very prolonged, soggy pattern. Uh, a lot of uh, information out there and a lot of swirling rumors out there about Billy Godwin. I've talked to some people, uh, I don't want to say off the record, but they would they prefer to be unnamed today. Uh, and uh, there's kind of conflicting stories on what Billy's issue is. We do know he was held in a hospital overnight uh, there's reports of uh, potential heart problems. There's reports of some other health issues. Uh, but uh, from what I understand, Billy Godwin is doing better than he was. We're, of course, talking about the former ECU baseball coach, now the coach at UNCG. And uh, apparently Billy started to have uh, some of these health issues on uh, Sunday, but uh, held in a hospital. And, and I think being held in a hospital, from what I can understand tonight, uh, and maybe be able to go back to Greensboro tomorrow but whatever the issue is with billy we wish him the very best but before making a a total judgment i would just caution everyone to you know consider uh that there's nothing official on his health status yet uh i've heard the same stories from pretty reputable people in both instances that uh say it's one thing or the other uh and uh, so we'll see. Uh, I can tell you we have reached out to the folks at UNCG's Athletics to get uh, some kind of official word and have yet to hear back from them. But uh, that's the, uh, the, deal, uh, the deal there. Uh, there's a major announcement that has been scheduled for Wednesday at 1 
here in Greenville. And I mean, when I say major, I mean like a game-changing announcement regarding sports in Greenville. Um, it is a big, big, big deal. And uh, we won't have a show Wednesday. At least we're not scheduled to now because of baseball. So we're sort of kicking around the idea of what we're going to do, whether we may uh, air it live. I, I, to me, I think it's such a, a monumental announcement, it, it's worth airing live. Uh, because I think this is what what's going to be announced is an enormous deal for sports in Greenville, uh, sports and events in eastern North Carolina. This is something that will have some long-term uh, ramifications and long-term and major economic impact. And uh, it's a huge boon for, for Greenville, for Pitt County, for eastern North Carolina, which I'm all for. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not speaking in, you know, what I think here is uh, – you know, overestimating what this is, but I mean, this is like a game-changing announcement on on Wednesday. Uh, more on that maybe tomorrow. We're trying to to see if we can, since we're not going to have a, a five o'clock show Wednesday, at least not as of right now, weather pending. I would say we just want to make sure we can, you know, be what we could say can't say, and we're sort of sworn to secrecy on this right now. But I would love to be able to have some more on it tomorrow. So we'll see. We're going to work on that. Uh, that is uh, that is a huge thing. Uh, Cliff Godwin will be coming up in a little bit. We have a huge soundbite roster here. Let's go ahead and uh, get ready to do our pirate report. Uh, And uh, we'll have that for you because we have a a ton of stuff here as far as uh, baseball goes, as far as basketball goes. Cliff Godwin coming up as well. Uh, So uh, let's do – we have today's pirate report. Can you do that? All right, let's do today's pirate report. Okay. We'll get to the Pirate Report sounder here in just a uh, quick uh, second. Uh, hit the Pirate Report sounder, Ben, and then we'll uh, we'll finish up the rest of that uh, uh, with the uh, cuts. I have Xavier run the cuts on that. All right, here is today's. Oh, they deleted the Pirate Report. Oh, my gosh, what happened? The Pirate Report intro got to, we'll have to load it back in. Well, this is today's Pirate Report. Uh, let's start with uh, basketball. Uh, Joe Dooley and the Pirates yesterday, that game at noon. By the way, uh, thanks to everyone for uh, showing up at uh, Williams Arena Minji's Coliseum yesterday for uh, the Autism Awareness game. Uh, ECU played uh, exceptionally well in uh, that game and uh, probably uh, deserved a win. I really thought when Cincinnati's uh, top guy fouled out that the Pirates were going to be in some really good shape. Uh, just could not pull it through. I do question a little bit of the J.J. Miles thing. I don't know if it was an injury thing or Joe was maybe unhappy with the way he was playing offense, but you probably could have left uh, J.J. Miles in there uh, a little longer because he, he was really scoring the ball, I thought, well yesterday. But uh, apparently something that he was not doing sort of laid uh, caused the, the, the coaching decision for him to be, uh, to be sat at some point in the second half where I thought the Pirates sure could have used him. Uh, but let's get Joe's reaction to the loss against the Bearcats yesterday. Obviously, very disappointed. Uh, you know, a back and forth game, and I thought we had, uh, as I'm sure they felt, had some opportunities to to create some separation. And we, you know, we had an eight point lead, and they go on a twenty to four run, and you know, we have a little bit of a we look like we're in a little bit of trouble, and we fight back, and uh, we just had a couple a uh, couple untimely turnovers and a couple bad possessions. But I thought uh, they stepped up, especially Williams, and that that overtime made some big plays, which which good teams do. I thought the uh, offense was pretty good at times yesterday, uh, but in the uh, overtime, things slowed down significantly. Joe Dooley on that. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that we, you know, the balls, you know, we, we, we slowed down a little bit, and obviously we missed a couple shots, uh, you know, which, and then they, they get on a flat, they you know, start out 5-0, and, uh, you know, try to get your guys back a little bit, but I thought the, uh, I thought we, we, our pace offensively slowed down a little bit, and I didn't think we caught, caught and pivoted as, as well. You know, we got downhill and got to the paint and didn't pivot and fan the ball out as much as we need to. Pirates uh, in that uh, overtime uh, did not shoot the ball uh, uh, poorly. Uh, two of five, which isn't awful, but uh, they were at 46% in the uh, second half. Uh, didn't shoot great in the first half. Cincinnati, uh, three of six, hit a three uh, from the floor. Cincinnati actually shot 51% for the game, so defensively, uh, the Pirates seem to allow a lot to Cincinnati uh, shooting the ball yesterday. In fact, I, I didn't realize they shot the ball quite that well. I thought uh, they had shot a little poor, more poorly than that, but still it's a good number. Uh, a lot of it was Cincinnati with the 22 turnovers. Uh, basically, if they weren't turning it over, they were uh, they were scoring the basketball uh, yesterday. Uh, this is uh, Joe on uh, the, uh, the growth of uh, Tyree Jackson. After being uh, in that uh, three-point shooting slump earlier in the year, this is cut five. Well, I, I, I think the uh, the biggest thing is he came in every day and shot. You know, some of the guys feel sorry for themselves, and uh, I, I forget the the word Rock used that he said the pig is going through is it's agonizing. He, you know, he's agonizing about this deal, and I mean, he, he doesn't want to miss shots. It hurts him worse as you know worse than anybody, and I think he's been in the gym every day shooting at night, and he comes in early and shoots with Rock every day, and. Uh, he's a better shooter than he shot him. It's nice to see the kid get rewarded. Let's uh, go to cut 15 here. This is Pig talking about uh, some of the plays that he made in the second half against Cincy yesterday. Kind of just making plays to get the dog, get stops, do what it takes to, get, to win. And uh, this was uh, Jackson on uh, uh, some making the threes yesterday. Do you feel like he's getting his shot back where it should be? Um, yeah, for sure. I keep that confidence up um, throughout the rest of the year. Uh, yesterday, uh, Pig hit uh, a couple of threes, uh, eight points. Uh, it was Jaden Garner leading the way with 15, uh, 12 for J.J. Miles, and then Tristan Newton had uh, 11 points in the uh, in the game yesterday. Tremont Robinson-White uh, perhaps struggling with some of his confidence and scored the ball well yesterday. Uh, this is uh, Joe talking about that cut six. I still don't think Tremont has the. I mean, I think we're still a ways away from him. Uh, you know, he's he, he's got more explosiveness than he's shown, and I, I think today he, you know, today he had a little rough one, but I think he. Ha- I don't think he still has complete confidence to take off, especially the way he used to do off of one foot. And this is uh, Jaden Gardner. Uh, his reaction to the loss to Cincinnati yesterday. Uh, I mean, it sucks, but um, I guess the only way to view it as a positive is. Uh, like we've been doing all year. We can play with anybody in this, in this league and um, just got to build on it and um, get ready for Memphis. But, um, yeah, like you said, we fought extremely hard tonight. It's just disappointing. Uh, Coach uh, Godwin uh, talking yesterday, the Pirates uh, sweeping uh, William and Mary. We're going to hear a little bit more from Coach Godwin when we get him on the phone here in just a little bit. Thomas Francisco, by the way, named the uh, player of the week, the first one of the baseball season for the American Athletic Conference after uh, a big day in a big series. Uh, but this is uh, Godwin talking about uh, on uh, winning consistently. 
Well, anytime you can sweep, it's, it's a big deal. Look, it's really tough to win college baseball games. I know that all the fans think we should win every game, but you look across the country and, you know, on Friday night, Niagara beat Florida State at Florida State. Yesterday, Villanova beat Arizona State. And, and it's not like they're not great programs. It's just, hey, anybody can beat anybody on any given day. And I thought we had to scratch and claw today to kind of grind it out. And it was a good thing. I thought the bullpen, a lot of guys got a lot of work this weekend. Um, and some guys you probably didn't see this weekend, you'll see on Wednesday. So I think it's good experience for our guys. Uh, let's go to cut two here, Cliff, on what impressed him about his team. Um, they showed up with intent and energy every day and really competed. Uh, William and Mary was scrappy. Uh, when you get into a one-run game, tie game, you know, on Friday night, look, the pressure is on us because you're at home and everybody thinks you're supposed to win for the guys to answer the bell when we're down one nothing and score a run and then be able to walk them off in the 11 was impressive and then respond yesterday and then come out here ready to play again today i think uh what was good about the pitching or the thing that was encouraging about the pitching is the, the quality of depth in the bullpen uh we'll see if someone emerges as the really uh you know ace cooch obviously has that sort of stuff uh right now slotted as the sunday guy to close series out if Gavin Williams could get back, he's got the raw ability to be the man and, and be the Friday night starter, which is that coveted role. And who knows how it'll be later in the year when conference play really gets going. But I think the quality of the, the bullpen depth, at least right now, and a lot of that is the, are the two-way players, is a very uh, is a very encouraging sign for the Pirates. Uh, speaking of Cooch Maynard, uh, he talked about uh, getting back into the rhythm. This is cut nine here as he uh, had suffered a little bit of an injury and uh, came back and uh, looked really good on Sunday. Uh, just rhythm, just getting back into the rhythm. You know, this is the second time I've been on the mound all spring. So, um, you know, me and Coach Deets just finding our flow, our rhythm and everything, and then get back into it, yeah. And uh, Cooch talking about uh, some of the new guys on the uh, Pirate roster. Yeah, oh my God, the bullpen was so good all weekend. Uh, Sailor coming in huge, Bridgie doing his thing, Cam doing his thing, and so many other guys. Like, you know, it was, it was just good energy. Everybody came in, and then really good communication throughout the whole bullpen. Um, you know, as soon as guys were done, you go down to the bullpen, you talk about it. You know, we're talking about it before the game today, after the game yesterday. So, a lot of voice cracks there, but <laughs> uh, a lot of yelling all weekend. So. All right, Ryder Giles uh, pitched a relief twice. Pretty remarkable thing. Do we have cut 14 here with Ryder Giles? Let's do that real quick here. Uh, Ryder Giles talking about not pitching once in relief, but twice in relief in the same game. I did not think that was going to happen. I didn't even know you could do that. But, um, but you know, Coach asked me if, if I was good for the next batter, like uh, in between that little little mound visit, break, whatever it was. So I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> whatever. So. And uh, this is uh, Ryder Giles' thoughts on uh, the uh, Pirates getting the weekend sweep and opening week cut 12. Uh, it feels wonderful, you know. Uh, get out on a good good start. Um, you know, like I said, it was a great team win, great team weekend. You know, a lot of guys contributed. Um, you know, it was just a lot of fun to get back out here in front of the best fans in the country. All right, so that is today's Pirate Report. Do we, uh, we have Shook on the phone? So the Daytona 500, as you know, uh, was uh, postponed because of rain. Only the second time in the race's 60-plus year history. Uh, they are going on right now. They're in the second stage, which I can never get used to saying that. Uh, and uh, there's a caution flag. Uh, our man on the scene, correspondent for 94-3 the game, Scott Shook, 
joins us Again, here on the phone. Yes, Shooky, are you there? Position? Is it a yes, paid? Is are you? Is it a yeah. paid position? You talked to the <laughs> yeah. Hintons about that. I was concerned yeah. about you yesterday, Shook, when they delayed the race. I didn't know if your refreshment cooler would hold up. So I'm hoping. Well, I've you... been to a lot of these, Patrick. Right. I've been to a lot of these. Twenty <laughs> uh, first, twenty first year. Okay. And I've been to both of them that, that were uh, delayed and raced on Monday. All right. It looks. Uh, like... I may call in tomorrow. Um, okay. In the case of the coronavirus, uh, <laughs> sick for work. You're going to call work tomorrow and tell me you have the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, I'm sick. <laughs> uh, Scott, all right, now it looks to me like there's a pretty good crowd there today. There actually is a great crowd here. I, I'm actually a little bit surprised about that. Um, it's been kind of low-key around the racetrack today, but um, we got in here and there's a good crowd coming in. Uh, the it, place is pretty full, so... Uh, yeah, well, it looks like they're about to start back. So here's what I want to ask you. Because yesterday, all right. you could feel the electricity of the president being there yeah. and all that. It seemed like the crowd received him very, very well. It seemed like everything went uh, from that standpoint. And, and just all the pageantry and everything that went on before the race looked like it was uh, really, really cool. And, and everybody really was digging it. Uh, you oh, were you were there. How? Uh, give us your your kind of report on all of that. It was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen, Patrick. You know, you come out before the race, and you're in these stands early to get into the track because of all the security. And you look up, and Air Force One just came over and circled all the way down the front, right over the racetrack, came back around and landed. It was really surreal. Um, then then started to take off later on. Unfortunately, we had the rain, but. That pre-race ceremony and everything, it went off flawless. Um, and it was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. The joke was, you know, look at all these people showed up at a Trump rally. And that's kind of what it <laughs> felt like uh, yesterday, obviously. But um, but I think today, watch out. About the last 50 laps, I bet this is going to get good. There's been a little bit of pushing, shoving, but not much. They're all kind of hanging back, being real preserved. But you get down to the last couple laps, I think it's going to be a beautiful thing. But um, – Okay. Weather's gorgeous. Sun's going down. Getting ready to get good. Is Otis all right? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Otis has got the nine car. Oh, I got to pull for Kevin for Kyle Busch. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're, you're pulling for Kyle Busch? Is that what you said? Yeah, well, I have to. I have him in the pool. Where you stand depends oh, on where you sit. Okay. Okay. But, um, I right. just, who, who do the. Uh, Chase. Who do the fans seem to be behind there? Who's who's the driver that everybody's right, getting behind? Big Chase Elliott fans. You'll see some Kyle Busch around. But um, I said the interesting story today, there's five Toyotas here, and they've been all hanging together right. in a pack. And, they, and they've been fast as a pack. Chevrolets have been fast on their own. So it'll be interesting to see at the end of the race what happens. Um, if they split the Toyotas up a little bit, and all that stuff matters until about the last 20 laps. Gotcha. You throw it out the windows. Yeah. Ought to be fun. Then it's every man for himself. All right, Shook. Um, hey, I'll write you a doctor's you note if you need one. I'll write you a doctor's I'll note. I'll need one. <laughs> Go ahead and do that. All right, buddy. All right, we'll see you. There he is. Our right. man on the scene. Right. That's a live report from Daytona. The one and only Scott Shook. Xavier, what do you think of that? Pretty good? Yeah, pretty All good. Right. Pretty good. Scott Shook. He sounded like he was upright, which was good. He sounded like you know he 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 wasn't he hadn't he hadn't snoozed off yet. It sounded like he was he was still in it to win it early. Uh, so uh, we appreciate Shook there, unexpected uh, call in from the great Scott Shook 
at the Daytona 500. Uh, we've had a pirate report. We've had Scott Shooker. We got the phone uh, getting ready to ring again because we're going to give away a couple of different things here. Uh, first of all, two tickets to the ECU Temple game Sunday. That's another nooner. Uh, it would be a uh, mourner if it were uh, a nooner that is sooner. But, no, it's a nooner on Sunday, ECU and Temple. So we'll give away a pair of tickets to that right now and win them before you can buy them. Rascal Flats. Do we have any Rascal Flats tunes? Little Rascal Flats for you. It's their farewell concert. Tickets go on sale at Walnut Creek this Friday. That's what I call it. Well, it's called something else now, but basically we all call it the Creek. And your chance to see Rascal Flats in September. Tickets go on sale Friday in their farewell tour. A pair of tickets to the Pirate Game and to Rascal Flats and a four-pack of tickets to the home show. My God, what a prize pack this is. The home show coming up here in Greenville on March 7th at the convention center. Everything you need for the outdoors and indoors at your home at the uh, home show coming up. So two hoops tickets, two Rascal Flats tickets, and four home show tickets. We'll take caller 6-252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. Dial in now for all of those fabulous prizes. Hoops tickets, Rascal Flats tickets, four passes to the home show. My gosh. You ain't getting that anywhere else. Caller six, and then Cliff Godwin when we return. Coach Cliff Godwin joining us here, and ECU will be uh, back at it against Campbell uh, midweek. More details on that uh, coming up, but we welcome in the uh, coach of the Pirates, Cliff Godwin. Coach, congratulations on uh, the uh, opening sweep over William & Mary. Three very interesting uh, games. Uh, Just your overall assessment on uh, how the Pirates uh, performed this weekend. Well, I thought we did a lot of good things. You know, the things that probably after kind of digesting it all, I really thought the bullpen was awesome all weekend. I thought we played really good defense all weekend. I mean, to play three games and not make an error, uh, I don't know if I've ever been a part of a team that has done that. And then offensively, we were very good as well. You know, Friday night was uh, tough sledding offensively, but a pitcher's duel and you got to win all different types of games. So um, not how you draw it up to have to go an extra in is on the game one, but it will give us much-needed experience going down the road. Did you get the sense, Coach, that maybe the guys were pressing a little bit uh, Friday night at the plate? I thought that it was kind of the perfect storm. A couple guys you know, probably put a little bit too much pressure on themselves, some new guys that have maybe not played as much. Um, and I thought the umpire had a big strike zone, a pitcher strike zone. <laughs> right. had, it, had, it big, had it big for both sides, so uh, you have to use it to your advantage. But uh, after game one, I thought we played like ourselves. You know, there's there's uh, the adage that maybe uh, you, the moment if there's any momentum from the day before, it's only as good as how you start the game. Uh, and uh, it seemed like though there was a little bit of momentum going into Saturday, at least at the plate, the what the way you guys finished and the way you all performed on Saturday, uh, in that uh, they they swung the bats a lot better. They did, 
and you know everybody's got a, a good Friday night starter in the country, and we have a married guy was really good. And uh, you know once you get into the bullpen and stuff, which they threw their best bullpen arms on Friday night, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know ne- it's never easy, but it's easier than having to face their number one and uh, you know their best bullpen arm. Coach Cliff Godwin is uh, with us, the Pirates, uh, on Sunday with the uh, win over uh, William & Mary to complete the uh, sweep. You knew William & Mary was going to come out and uh, uh, play you tough. They did, uh, 7-4, and that was uh, another good start for ECU and then uh, kind of a gutsy win. You got some key runs uh, late, and that uh, allowed you to, to get the three-run win. Yeah, Coach gave us a quality start, and then we had to get to the bullpen, and you know, I take uh, – some credit for leaving all of our relievers out there. It took too long, probably. thought Kimmel was awesome early, and that's probably the most pitches he's thrown in any given time at East Carolina. So he was stretched a little too thin, and I should have never let Bridges run back out for that second inning once he got out of the bases loaded jam, but I did. So, But all in all, every guy who came out of the pen did their job. Garrett Saylor, Ryder Giles, Zach Agnos, and then came Cam Comore, you know, gave, uh, came away with the save. Right, yeah. Uh, and, and Ryder, and, and, I mean, it's very rare, I guess it has happened before. You ever had that where a guy's pitched a couple times in, in the same game in relief? No, that's the first time. First time I've yeah. we've ever done that here. First time I've ever seen it done. But I knew what the rule was, you can do that twice. So, you know, once he came out the second time, then he can't go back in the Right. Yeah. Uh, Cliff Godwin with us here. Pirates with the uh, sweep over uh, William and Mary. Uh, at the plate, Thomas Francisco uh, with a couple of runs driven in yesterday. Connor Norby with some runs driven in yesterday. Uh, Zach Agnos had a nice uh, game two, game three performance uh, with the uh, with the bat. Uh, just the, the way those guys swung uh, the bat, uh, what, 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 could you talk a little bit about uh, Francisco Norby, Agnos in particular? Well, Franny, you know, I think he's one of the best hitters in the country. And, you know, he's hitting behind Burley right now, which gives Burley some protection. Uh, they got to pitch to somebody. And then Connor Norby, the last two games, has hit behind Francisco. So you have to pitch to one of those guys. And, and all three of those guys had good weekends. And, you know, Zach was Zach. You know, that's what he's done for us. And he's just a quality baseball player. And what he does offensively, defensively on the mound, for us as a freshman is really impressive. Cliff Godwin, after the uh, Pirates get a, a good win over uh, a good sweep over William & Mary, which is not an easy thing to do early season, uh, three very unique games. And uh, the thing that Coach noted right off the bat uh, that uh, was on uh, the things I wanted to talk about, and he, he discussed it right away, was uh, no errors committed in this game. You're going to win a lot of games when you put yourself in a position fielding-wise. But it's also, you know, so unique that early in the year, I mean, you would expect if you're going to have any miscues in the field, that's where it would come. You know, guys just playing well, Cliff, but is that something that, I mean, do you drill down on some of that uh, in the preseason? Well, Jeff Palumbo, Austin Knight, um, you know, Coach Dietrich, myself, I mean, look, defense is a huge part of the game and you're not always going to be able to score runs um, at will just because of the pitching but you can always pitch and play defense and you know that's what we really did it at a high level this weekend but Jeff it all starts with Coach Palumbo and Coach Knight and all of us support it but those guys were tremendous preparing our guys to be ready for open weekend and really you know Seth Cadell behind the plate 
I mean, that is the goodest catching performance over three days that we've had here. I mean, back to Jake Washington, Travis Watkins, but that's what we knew Seth could always do. And I'm really proud the way he caught and blocked the baseball this weekend. When you uh, have, uh, when you kind of bring Cadell in, and, and we talked a little bit about him last week, but just you know, you, that's a position you played, so you have a lot of expectations uh, all the way around. But but I would think certainly in that position as well. What what is what is his makeup that makes him so special? Well, number one, not only you know did I play the position, but Coach Knight also played the oh, position right. at yeah. Ole Miss mm-hmm. for me. So we got two catchers. So uh, it went from been uh, probably a really coach position to now the catchers probably feel like they can't turn left without us saying something <laughs> to them. So um, Coach Knight's been a huge support uh, with me just helping with those guys. But the thing that uh, Seth has done a really good job of is just uh, controlling his body language, being a presence behind the plate, being a leader behind the plate. And that, you, you got to have the physical tools first off, which Seth has always had, but to consistently be able to show up and look, uh, you're going to get hit. It's going to hurt. You know, you're going to have block a ball. It's going to go off your shoulder. It's going to go off your, you know, forearm. And you still got to be able to get back in there and, you know, make everybody believe that you're okay. And hey, I got this under control. And the catcher, the catcher is the only person on the field that every other player can see. So they see you at all times. And if it's really good body language, then it's going to rub off on people. If it's bad body language, it's going to rub off on people. The uh, Pirates will have Georgia Southern at home next weekend. Before that, a, a trip to Campbell. I uh, heard uh, Corey and Coach O talking about uh, if you uh, are a Pirate fan that wants to go there, do not expect to get there and be able to buy a ticket. You probably need to get tickets early because uh, it's not a, not the biggest stadium, uh, but also the Campbell folks get fired up anytime ECU comes uh, to town. Uh, don't know how much you've looked at that, but just the, the way that this rivalry has emerged, Coach, over the last few years. Uh, playing them early last year, playing them late last year, then in the uh, postseason, uh, and they've got a good baseball program. This is uh, emerging as a, a pretty big rivalry between the Pirates and the Camels. Yeah, Justin Harris done a really good job with, with Campbell over the past few years. They're super talented. They play hard. Uh, they're well coached. And, yes, when we go there, it's not a big stadium. It will be sold out uh, with Pirate fans and you know, Campbell fans, but Pirate fans, make sure you get there early so you can get a spot because if you get there late, you probably will. If you can get in, it'll be standing room only. And, uh, Coach, uh, you, you have talked about, you know, being in the moment, getting better. That That's the uh, mantra of the program. What will be the areas in the next couple of days you all need to improve on, you think, or, or, or some areas that you want to sharpen up on a little bit going into the Campbell game and uh, later on next week against Georgia Southern? Well, we will not practice today. Uh, today's our off day, our mandatory off day. There'll be an optional list for our guys, you know, for our pitchers to, you know, do what they need to do to get their bodies physically uh, ready to pitch on Wednesday. Um, and then position players, they'll lift as well. We'll practice Tuesday and really just go through a short practice and um, just try to hone in on a few things we can get better at be ready to go on Wednesday. Who do you think will uh, start for you on Wednesday? Are you that far along in that decision process yet? Uh, I'm not exactly sure who's going to start. I know who it won't be. It will not be Gavin Williams. It will not be Jake Kuchmanner. It will not be Alec Burleson. It will not be Tyler Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some guys that 
I did not throw this weekend that will probably be guys that will have an opportunity to pitch. It will not be a long start, whoever it is, because a lot of guys who will probably pitch on Wednesday will need to be able to come back at some point in time and be available in the weekend. Got you. Cliff, thanks a lot. Congratulations. Uh, Good opening series for the Pirates, and uh, we'll uh, talk to you again next week. All right, Patrick. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Cliff Godwin, uh, as the uh, Pirates get a uh, big victory to uh, start, uh, big three victories, in fact, to start uh, things here in 2020. Happy for uh, that, and uh, they will uh, go to Campbell. And as we mentioned, that has become a a bit of a rivalry here, and it is the Campbell Super Bowl. There's no two ways about it. Uh, They do not play in a big uh, park down there in uh, Perry Field, so uh, if you plan on going, uh, it will be a a tough uh, ticket, I'm sure, but also be a tough uh, way to kind of uh, get a ticket if you don't have one advanced. So if you've not bought one at this point, I would almost say uh, you might be uh, out of luck uh, potentially as far as getting uh, one. Hey, our winner uh, from uh, of this huge prize pack today, which included a couple games of the basketball game Sunday upcoming against uh, Temple, two tickets to see Rascal Flats in September on their farewell farewell tour, a win-it-before-you-buy-it situation, and uh, four passes to the home show coming up on uh, March 7th is uh, my pal Chip Laughinghouse from Chocowinity over uh, that way. Uh, he was the big winner today. We'll have more to give away uh, for you tomorrow here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, we uh, talked about Thomas Francisco. He got a big honor. That and other things from the Pirate Nation and beyond. Ben Byram with uh, what's happening right now with a sports update, including... What's going on in Daytona? Ben? Ben Barham here for your 94 Through the Game Sports Update. East Carolina sophomore Thomas Francisco has been named the American Athletic Conference Player of the Week. The league office announced earlier today, Francisco hit an impressive 625 clip, 5 for 8 with 4 RBIs and scored once during the park's weekend sweep of William & Mary. And of course, ECU baseball's weekend was a sweeping success as they win all contests at home against William & Mary. Pirates are currently 3-0 to start the season. Here's what head coach Cliff Godwin had to say about the difficulty pulling off a series sweep. Well, anytime you can sweep, it's, it's a big deal. Look, it's really tough to win college baseball games. I know that all the fans think we should win every game, but you look across the country and, you know, on Friday night, Niagara beat Florida State at Florida State. Yesterday, Villanova beat Arizona State. And, and it's not like they're not great programs. It's just, hey, anybody can beat anybody on any given day. The Pirates will return to action this Wednesday at 5 as they travel to Bowie's Creek to take on Campbell. Former ECU baseball coach and current UNC Greensboro head coach Billy Godwin suffered a health scare over the weekend is currently in the hospital in Myrtle Beach. Pirate Hoops played a tough game at home against Cincinnati, falling 70-67 against the Bearcats in overtime. Pirates are now 10-16 on the season and 11th overall in the AAC. Here's Joe Dooley of his reaction to the loss to Cincinnati. We're better. I mean, there's nothing better than you know, there's winning, winning and misery, and and we've got to figure out some things on little things like these deals, how to get shots every possession down the floor, and how to you know to to fix some of these little deals that we're we're gaining on it, but we're not where we need to get yet.
East U basketball looks to rebound this Wednesday as they battle Memphis on the road at 7. In college hoops tonight at 6.30, Xavier battles St. John's. Xavier favored by 1.5. At 7, UNC travels to Notre Dame. The Tar Heels are the 5-point underdogs. And at 9, third-ranked Kansas host Iowa State. The Jayhawks are 16-point favorites. On Wednesday, the city of Greenville is a major sports-related announcement set for 1 p.m. So stay tuned to our Twitter and Facebook at 943thegame as we keep you updated. Live rankings from Daytona 500. We currently are in Stage 2. Your Stage 1 winner is Chase Elliott. The current leader on lap 102 is Denny Hamlin, followed by Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and in third, Kyle Busch. Now the Genesis Open over the weekend, Australian. Adam Scott comes away with a W after going 11 under, followed by Scott Brown, who went 9 under, and Matt Kuchar, who went 9 under also. As for ECU alum Harold Vonder III, he finished tied for 13th after going 6 under par. Fear 94 through the game, sports update, I'm in Barham. All right, sports birthdays today. Jim Brown, dead or alive, Ben Byron? Jim Brown. Alive. Definitely alive. Okay. 84? Yes. Okay. Exactly. Both Larry the Cable Guy and his heirness, Michael Jordan. I don't see how they're are, related. Are the, no, no, they're the same age. Okay. Larry the Cable Guy. His career, dead or alive? dead definitely really dead. it's been dead you seem like a blue collar guy to me uh both uh his airness and larry the cable guy are both 57 today wow i would have known i, I would have thought larry the cable guy was like 40 something looks good for his age clean living and perseverance uh and then i didn't realize this but uh former big league manager roger craig is 90 today here we go Indeed. Happy birthday to you. Stevie Wonders, happy birthday for Roger Craig and MJ and Larry the Cable Guy and Jim Brown and whomever else. But did you, I didn't realize this. Our friend and colleague, Diamond Dave Richmond from the Sports Objective Podcast is actually related to Roger Craig. He joins us telephonically right now. Does uh, David uh, Richmond bring the b- music bed down a hair so he can hear Diamond Day? I never realized you. This is I, I see it now because you guys actually resemble each other a little bit. But that's amazing, Dave. I didn't realize that. Yeah, he actually is my it's my grandmother's uh, brother. And, wow. Uh, she was uh, one of ten. They are one of ten children. So that's my dad. Uh, uncle and my actually my great uncle, but Uncle Roger always tells me not to call him great uncle because it makes him so old. Right. So um, don't take yeah, offense. Yeah, that's where I get my love for sports and my love for baseball is through him. Don't so. take offense, but I hated Roger Craig's Giants because they beat my Cubs in the '89 playoffs. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That I was... hated, I hated that whole team, that whole San Francisco team. <laughs> I hated them. Will Clark, <laughs> Redneck, Kevin Matt Mitchell. Williams, Kevin Mitchell, yeah. fat old Kevin Mitchell. <laughs> Knocked it out of the park yeah, every was... time. So, uh, yeah. So that's cool, though. Where where does he reside now, uh, Diamond Dave? Yeah, in Alp, like Alpine area, it's north of San Diego. He bought okay. a ranch many years ago when he was with managing the San Diego Padres back in the day. In the he late managed 70s. them in Those the mustard uniform. Yeah, he managed them during the mustard uniform era, didn't he? 
Oh my God! Yes, they oh. were. They were disgusting. Well, give Ray, your Ray Kroc that owned the McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. The team at the time. Give your uh, Uncle Roger a birthday shout out for us, if you will, Diamond Dave. Just want to give my Uncle Roger a shout out. It's his 90th birthday, and he means a lot to me and a lot of the family. And uh, definitely want to send him some love from North Carolina that way. And uh, very excited about baseball season for my Nationals and, of course, my East Carolina Pirates. How about that tweet, Patrick? I saw that. So, uh, looking forward to a great season with Cliff Godwin and company and our friend Corey Gore. Of course, the uh, 94.3, the game is the flagship station so, of our great Pirates. So very proud of that. And, and uh, definitely great to uh, start the season great. So great for that and uh, great for Uncle Roger and looking forward to, uh, I know the pitchers and catchers reported today is free training. So looking forward to another season amped up, ready to go. Check out Dave and all the gang with the Sports Objective uh, podcast covering ECU and all sports. Thank you, Dave. Happy birthday you. to your Uncle you Roger. Guys. There you go. Thank we'll you. We'll take a break. Appreciate we'll it. come back. Right, and uh, why Ron Rivera was back in North Carolina when we return on the Patrick Johnson Show. This is uh, Chaka Khan's National Anthem. What's wrong with this, Xavier? She could be so much better. So this is extra? Is this what the kids would call extra? Guys in the other room? Uh, just a little bit, yeah. Okay. Ben, extra? Is this what was called extra? It wasn't as bad as Fergie, I'll put it at that. that oh, I don't think anything was as bad as Fergie. That was an all-time, was right up there with uh, Carl Lewis bad. Or Roseanne bad. All right. Whew. Good night. Chaka Khan before the uh, NBA All-Star Game, which actually had its ratings grow for the first time since uh, 2013. Uh, Ron Rivera was back in uh, Charlotte over the weekend. This is why he was uh, there. He explains he was part of the uh, Carolina Panthers yard sale, where I guess he was selling a bunch of old gear. And this is what uh, the reasoning was behind that. And this is an opportunity to kind of give back one last time um, and give the folks a chance uh, to have some of the stuff that we had. And so we're kind of uh, you know, we're kind of grateful for the fact that there is a, there is a good turnout for, for the Humane Society. They raised thirty grand for the uh, Humane Society out there for Charlotte. So good on Ron Rivera for being out there and doing that. Uh, thanks to Cliff Godwin. Uh, tomorrow, scheduled to have Cy Seymour, but uh, Cy's a little under the weather. Missed the broadcast yesterday, so we'll see how Cy's doing, if he's going to travel to Memphis or not. We're going to have Cy because we're not going to have a show, at least not scheduled to, Wednesday. Big announcement in Greenville Wednesday. More on that tomorrow. And more on uh, or more stuff to give away tomorrow, too. See you then. Patrick Johnson Show. Warren's hot dog pizza. Doug Henry Ford and Aiden can I help you. Yeah.